What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, podcast that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. I am your host, Paul Turner, and um, glad that you're with me. If you're brand new here uh, to the podcast, first of all, thanks for checking it out. Jump in here with us. And uh, for those of you that are longtime listeners, thank you for your attention. Appreciate you being here so much. Um, I hope you're having a great summer. It's summertime at the time of this recording. And uh, for some of you, it is just kicking off. Uh, And some of you, you've been in it since the end of school, maybe towards the end of May there. And so I hope that your summer is going super well. My summer is also going super well. I just got back from speaking two weeks at camp down in Florida. Uh, at this great camp called Life Youth Camp. I totally recommend them for um, retreats and camps. So if you're looking for that, I'm going to put a link down in the show notes below. If you're interested in finding a great camp in Florida to bring your kids to, they do a great job. Facilities are amazing. Uh, you're you're maybe 30 minutes from the beach. Uh, and, you know, it's just a great, just a great time. I love going down there. It's my 17th year speaking down there. That's uh, that's a long time for those of you <laughs> that, uh, that uh, may be wondering. That is a long time. and uh, But I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to, to go down there and see some kids receive the Lord and, and uh, see them really uh, take their lives with Jesus to another level and really move forward. So I'm really excited for that. And I hope your camp, if you're having a camp, I hope your camp is going to be equally exciting. Um, I have, uh, since uh, a year, just to give you guys, if you're new, a little backstory, I left my full-time youth ministry job uh, last year. Uh, I, was about, uh, I was there at the church for eight years. And somebody asked me, actually, my son said to me, he says, Paul, I think you, you, you miss youth pastoring. And I was like, Son, I don't miss youth pastor. In fact, I don't regret, you know, some people ask me if I have any regrets and I don't, I don't have any regrets concerning my move because I feel like the shift in the move that I did, um, you know, last year to go into the world and uh, help youth workers like yourself that are listening right now to help you um, just become better at your craft and be better youth workers and be wiser youth workers. And if I can give my 30 years of uh, youth ministry experience to you, then that's what I want to do. It's the point of the podcast and the YouTube channel and all that kind of good stuff. And and so in doing that, you know, I told him I said, but I don't I don't miss youth pastoring. I do, uh, I, and I don't miss youth ministry because I still do youth ministry. It's all youth ministry, isn't it? I mean, if I'm speaking and preaching and equipping youth workers, it's all youth ministry to me. Everything is youth ministry. You know, uh, a friend of mine uh, was talking today over lunch, and uh, a guy who uh, works at a, a place called Air Jump, I think it's called, and uh, and he has a bunch of teenagers working for him that, uh, you know, he considers his youth group. He's the manager. He's the basically the general manager there, and he, you know, facilitates schedules and deals with issues. And they, I mean, look, it's all youth ministry. So if you're bivocational and you're working with kids, first of all, God bless you. That's uh, that's phenomenal. I want to encourage you and say, listen, you're, you're on spot on here. You know, uh, that the full-time youth ministry gig, if you're begging for that, um, it, it's good. I'll tell you, the money is good. Uh, but if you're, but uh, you know what? I don't know if you're going to do uh, make any greater impact. This may be up for debate. I don't know if you make any greater impact by being full-time as a youth, worker, youth, youth pastor, full-time youth pastor, as you are as a bivocational. I think you're making a, a similar uh, if not even impact. Uh, in fact, your impact might be greater because it's even a greater sacrifice for you to do that. So big shout out to you, bivocational people. Uh, thanks for all you do and thanks for what you're doing, especially too, if you're a volunteer, I want to give you a shout out as well. A um, couple of things before we get into the 
the meat of uh, today, uh, which is talking about policies we should have. And I'm going to give you seven topics that if you don't have a policy for those yet, you probably should write one out. Uh, two things that I have right now going on that you might want to get into. Uh, one is a series I just did uh, called Start Again. And this series is perfect post-camp. Uh, because so many of our kids, and you've seen it, you go to camp, you see kids, you know, snot all over the altar. Uh, they weep, they cry, they get up, and then uh, they think they're going to save the world. And then uh, and then it all falls apart because uh, Bobby Sue leaves them, or uh, Mikey finds another girlfriend. And suddenly, you know, where was God when all this happened? If God loved me, he would give me everything I wanted. And it all comes. And what I'm saying is that this series is saying, look, young people, and I think we have to get this through our uh, our craniums here, that listen, young people need to start again and again and again. Uh, you know, there's so many people that I think expect any change to be lasting and permanent in the sense of, of a, a completely linear line, that from the day you get saved to the day you go to heaven, you know, that's it. That's You're, 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 you're perfect all throughout. And we know that's not true, and yet sometimes our expectations are, are uh, you know, a bit clouded by, you know, the fact that, you know, that we just expect them to be uh, on another level. Listen, it's going to take time, you know, sanctification, all this takes time. And I think a series like Start Again helps you because uh, it deals with the same things. You can't drive home forgiveness or salvation enough. I mean, I just don't think you can. So the series basically says, look, on night number week number one, you start again. Here's the basis for this. You know, here we talk about Nicodemus, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, he wanted to start over. He said, well, I got to go back in my mother's, I got to go back in my mother's womb. And Jesus is like, no, be born again. That means start again. Don't start over, start again. So it starts off with the, the first meeting starts off with that. Then it goes to a, 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 meet, a, a meeting called um, Erased, which uh, talks about what happens with our sins and the grace of God. And then it goes into something called the big cover up which is a lot of fun to do because it talks about people who think they're covering up, but really they're in plain sight, uh, you know, with God. Um, and then it goes into deleting, uh, which there are some things that we need to delete in our lives, right? And then the final one is about remembering. And it's about remembering what God has done in our lives. We've done a lot of erasing, uh, that our sins are erased. Uh, there's some things that we, things we need to delete in our lives and then we have remembering the things we ought to remember. We've already done a lot of forgetting, but there's some things we need to remember. So I hope you'll check out the new series. Uh, I think it's perfect for after camp because all those kids coming back from camp in summer are going to need a shot at starting again and again and again. That's just youth ministry. Welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for that advice, by the way, if you're new to youth ministry. Uh, the second thing I have going on that I want to make sure that you know about is uh, my Ministry Mind coaching group. Ministry Mind coaching group is starting August 5th. I only have uh, four spots available left. I already have some people in there. And uh, so I only have four seats. So what do you do in a ministry mind group, Paul? Well, I take the, the you know, there's the, the, if you've heard the phrase of ministry, uh, uh, a mastermind group, right? I'm no mastermind, okay? I just have experience. Uh, that doesn't mean I, I know everything. It doesn't mean I, I you know, uh, have a clue about everything. But what I do is, and that's why I changed it to ministry mind, because ministry mind is saying, listen, I just want to 
I want to be ministry minded with you. I want to put my experience to work for you. And so I will put a link down in the show notes to that as well as to the start again. But if you're looking for coaching, if you're saying, look, uh, I want somebody to teach me the techniques, I want to learn the basics, I want to learn uh, how to take my youth group and add five students to it uh, every quarter. Uh, I want to, you, whatever questions you have, this is very open. I, you know, this coming up uh, season, that, uh, starting August 5th, is going to, you're going to have like a little notebook and every week we're going to cover a question. I think they're uh, super important questions, questions we ought to ask in youth ministry all the time, questions we ought to ask every year. And, uh, and some of these questions maybe you haven't asked. And that's really the point of being in the coaching is saying, look, we're going to ask questions that you've never been asked before and you have to come up with answers and, and somehow integrate that into your youth ministry uh, because it's an important question to answer. And so we figure out those things. And plus we feed off of each other, right? I love it when uh, the youth workers in our group currently uh, talk to one another, feed off one another, give each other ideas, and really it's a powerful, powerful thing to just watch the community of uh, ministry-minded people come together with one goal, and that is to reach more students for Christ and to see youth ministries flourish, that where young people can come in, uh, find Christ, and be discipled, and that's just uh, that's just the whole essence of it. There's no you know other thing to it other than we get together uh, twice a month, get on the Zoom uh, deal and, uh, and you know, we record it and we send it back out to you. We say, hey, here, here, go back over the notes. Uh, take a look at this. Plus, you get access to some free stuff. I give you some free curriculum. I give you some free uh, stuff you might be able to use, stuff that you don't have already or something like that. And, and you know, there's all kinds of possibilities there. So I'm going to encourage you to go check it out. Uh, it's down in the show notes below. Check it out there. You can go to thedisciplesproject.net. You could always do that and go hit blog, and it's the first post. It's pinned to the top. So if you want to read it there, you can do that. Uh, but that link will be down in the show notes below. So... But that is it, guys. That is it for uh, the news and for things that are going on. I hope that you're still there. <laughs> I know a little bit, you know, when I only do this now once a month, it seems, it seems like I have a lot to share. So I hope you're, you're patient with me. But I, I want to talk to you today about the seven topics your youth ministry needs a policy for. And if you don't have a policy for these things, let me encourage you to quickly uh, begin to Google what you need to do these things, because I think they're just important in the times in which we live. If your church doesn't have a policy, now, uh, you need a policy for some things, right? You've got to have some things, but I do want to make a distinction. I think there are, and these are all super related, right? You have rules, you have standards, and you have policies. Now, the difference between those is minuscule in that regard, but policies, uh, I think, are, you know, rules are things you make up, right? Don't, don't stand on the couch, uh, nobody behind the sound booth when we're doing service. Only the sound people are allowed. That's a rule, right? Uh, that's a, that's something you say. Well, look, we got rules for that. Um, then you have standards, uh, or some people say standards and practices. Standards, I think, they come from uh, a moral place, right, or a biblical place. And this was all, by the way, this was all brought about. The, the question, the reason why I'm even dealing with this is because I had somebody reach out to me and say, Paul, we're dealing with a situation concerning PDA. What is our policy or what is our stand on kids, you know, holding hands? And I just thought, well, that's not silly. That's important. That's things you want to know. I mean, if your daughter goes to youth group, are they going to be holding hands with some guy or, you know, whatever may be happening? You know, but the issue of having PDA, and I thought, well, we got to talk a little bit more about this. And I think this is where we're going. There's a rule, right? Now, you can have a rule, no PDA. But I, but if you take it to another level and say, well, our standards are 
And this is when you talk to young people about this and say, listen, we have standards about this. We, we don't want you doing this because we believe there's, and once again, I don't know if you need a PDA rule or, or standard, you can, you can put that into effect and say, listen, but I think there's got to be that reasoning behind it, right? There's got to be say, guys, here's why we have this standard. It's a biblical standard. It's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a moral standard. It's, it's something we believe in because we believe it's in your best interest not to do those things, especially on church grounds, but probably not so much at all. If you, you know, you know, there's no, if you have certain morals and standards, I, I, you know, I understand what, what people are trying to do is like, listen, I, I hear people say all the time, like, hey, you shouldn't have said it at a church. Well, you probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have said it at all. That's, that's the thing. You probably shouldn't have said anything, but you, you said it anyway. So, you know, but there's no rules. You know, you don't have church rules. There are church rules. I should say that. There are church rules and life rules. I think there's, but I think they need to be connected, right? So you have rules and then you have standards, which this reasons why we do things, what we do. Maybe it's the PDA rule. Uh, maybe it's, you know, why guys sit on that side of the room and girls sit on that side of the room. I don't know, whatever you're, whatever you're thinking, but you have standards for a reason. And uh, you want to be able to explain that to students and say, here's why our standards. If it's a biblical standard, well, then point it out. And then the final thing is about policies. And policies sounds more official, doesn't it? Policies sound like, like, you could get in trouble if you break one of those. Uh, you know, uh, we, we have policies because, and everybody's got policies, right? There's stores have policies, right? If you go in to try to return something and they say, well, the store policy is, uh, and then you, well, you go, well, that sounds official. Uh, that's an official thing. If it's your policy, well, I can't, I guess I can't do anything about it. Uh, you know, but but it's it's a policy. They that's the way it's framed that way. I think because it sounds super official, and there are official positions your church probably has on things. You probably should find those out. But let me give you the seven that I think are are super important. Number one, sexual harassment. You got to have a policy on that. What does that look like? Now, listen, I've dealt with this in my uh, youth ministry, and and you know it's not fun when you have to talk to a young man and say, listen, you have to leave that young lady alone. You got to quit calling her. You got to quit texting her. You got you just got to quit doing it. And if you don't quit doing it, then we're going to have a further discussion. And we wound up having a further discussion at which then it gets into another policy I got down here later. But the, the, the issue then becomes if you don't have a policy on sexual harassment, you need to have one. You need to find out what your church's policy is on all of these things Make sure when you draw it up, bring it before your board or your committee or your pastor and say, hey, what's the church's policy on this? And then see if you can't craft something that, uh, you know, that sounds like it makes sense uh, on all levels, right? Uh, and, you know, and when I, and I, I say craft, a, I say, look, we can make rules, but we craft a policy. We craft it because we want to make sure our language is good. We want to make sure the things we're saying are correct, and especially legally, right? There are churches just getting tore up uh, by lawsuits and other things, and you have to be aware of that, that you got to have a policy. I'm not doing, saying it to scare you. I'm saying, listen, it's reality of our world, and we have to be as the church. Uh, you know, we're not above the law. We have to be able to say, look, we have to have policies about it. So number one is sexual harassment, you know, with the Me Too movement and other issues and other things. Listen, I'm sure the Bible pretty much has some policies on this, right? They have some rules and standards, but we have to create policies because we do. If people would just obey the Bible, right, I would think we'd be okay. But uh, when you're talking about young people, that, you know, that's a that's an issue. Number two, uh, bullying. Bullying. I think you have to have a policy about bullying of what that looks like. 
both you now I you're thinking maybe guys, right? You know, some guy picking on another kid, but you're talking about an ongoing both online and offline bullying. What does it look like when somebody in your youth group is, you know, you got 10 girls trashing another girl on, you know, on her social media. She never comes and tells you. She never says anything about it. And suddenly you find out that she's left or she's gone. And you found out that you had 10 kids in there who were like the youth group mafia uh, that ran her off and they were bullying her. Well, what's our, what's the policy for that? And do our kids know what that is? And are there repercussions for that? Right? We have to be able to, we have to be able to uh, you know, so, but Paul, we're going to, if we have all these policies or standards or we're going to lose kids, well, listen, we're inviting them to follow Jesus. If they can't follow our policies or rules, guess what? They're going to have a real struggle following Jesus because Jesus got some policies. He got some rules. Number three, money. Why money? Money, Paul? Yes, because you have to have a policy. You know, what is your policy on refunds? What is your policy on on money getting in for camp? What is your policy on, you know, uh, you know, when deposits are due and all these things, you know, you have to be able to think about the money issues because people will get crazy about money. People will, will throw a fit. They will flip a table over money and parents have to know these things. By the way, all these things, parents should know where you kind of stand on these things. And so money is definitely one you want to take a look at. Number four, uh, you have to deal with sexual issues in regards to kids who having sex, right? What happens when uh, a leader or, or anybody in your group, are they having sex? Is that something, right? I'm pretty sure the Bible talks about that. Uh, but you have to have a position on this. Are you going to have people that are that are doing that on a regular basis or flaunting it or those things? You have to, and when I talk about sexual things, I'm talking about, uh, you know, same-sex attraction. I'm talking about transgender issues. I'm talking about identity issues. Uh, listen, if you say everyone is welcome and then you throw somebody out because of of some sort of, you know, if they're gay, if they're, uh, you know, questioning or those things, then guess what? If your policy is everyone is welcome and you and somebody gets tossed out because of something and looks, you have to that's you know, it's not a good policy. Everyone is welcome. Uh, except for these people, right? That's not a good policy. Uh, but you have to look at these things because you have to look at sleepovers, you have to look at camp, you have to look at rooming, you have to look at all these things because they're part of the fabric of culture today that you have to be able to craft something that, that makes sense to people that you're saying, well, why are you doing this? And you have to come up with a position. Once again, I wouldn't sit in a room and just do this by yourself. You need a team of people who can put this together for you. So be sure you get with your board or your team. If there's a lawyer in your church, sit down with your lawyer and say, hey, what? how can I craft some policies for our youth ministry that are going to keep kids safe, uh, keep our church safe uh, from lawsuits and other things? What, what are some safe practices that we need to practice as a youth ministry? Uh, number five, discipline. Discipline is important. How we discipline students. What is our policy when a student constantly breaks the rules? And that's, you know, I lost a bunch of kids because I disciplined one kid and five other kids said, well, we don't want to be in your youth group anymore either. I said, okay, blessings. Bye, Felicia. I love you. I'm sad to hear that, but you know, I'm going to protect, you know, the people that I need to protect. And I'm sorry that you feel differently, that you feel like I was wrong 
because I uh, because I disciplined uh, somebody for that. And you have to say, listen, what's your discipline policy? If somebody breaks, you know, one of these things that you have, is it one week off? Is it two weeks off? Is it a month off? Is it you're we're gonna you need to take a timeout from youth group for a month? Which is kind of my procedure was I would give kids a week off, and then I would give them 30 days. Just because, look, if you're going to do this over and over, take 30 days. If you, do, if, if you miss the youth ministry, come back. If you don't miss the youth ministry, well, don't come back, I guess, because the deal is uh, that I want you to be here. And I, my goal is to reach you and disciple you. And if you're going to be in constant uh, uh, chaos over it all of every time, and I'm st- constantly correcting you on things, uh, serious things, then you know you're not you're not getting anything out of it, and obviously I'm not helping you, and the group's not helping you. But I will tell you this: that every time I have disciplined somebody that was open to discipline, and I said, "Listen, I'll call you every week. I'll meet with you every week. Here's our, here's the deal. This was my policy. You take the time off. I meet with you on a regular basis. We talk it out, and we figure out how to get you back in so that you can be a part, a fruitful member of the youth ministry." Uh, number six, volunteers. Uh, you want to have a policy on volunteers because, well, they're with your kids. That's super important. Uh, and things like, you know, you you got to vet them, right? You got to be able to say, look, do we do background checks on our volunteers? And I know that so many churches have different policies on this. Well, we grandfather people in and, you know, well, listen, if the policy is the policy, that's just, this is where the struggle becomes, right? Because if you got a guy in your church, maybe he's a great guy, maybe he's had a bad past and he doesn't want anybody to know about his, you know, criminal behavior or whatever it is that's long gone. He did something when he was 12 years old. You know, somehow you have to make a deal though that says, listen, everybody goes through the process. And if you don't want to go through the process, I can't have you on the team. And that's just a simple, that's just a simple rule. And, and yes, you may be desperate for people to help you. You may be desperate to get a volunteer, but it only takes one volunteer that is not above board, uh, that you think is okay, that maybe is not okay. And then you're in a problem. And you're in you're in chaos with that. So I think you got to have a. I think you got to have it with um, with volunteers. You got to have a process with your volunteers, uh, even if there's a struggle. And let you listen. Google it. You'll find plenty of volunteers, youth ministry volunteers, youth pastors who have gotten in trouble because they weren't vetted, and and that was a problem. So talk with your pastors. Show them the news clippings and say, hey, I want to do this because I want to keep our youth ministry safe. I want a good great team of people uh, that you know, are, are going to be above board with things. We don't want to make sure we don't have any sex offenders in our group or things like that. We just want to make sure of those things. And your service department will work with you. There's a price for, you know, doing local background checks. You don't have to do a deep FBI check or anything like that. But, you know, volunteer. You want to do something safe so that they don't have any criminal records or behavior in the community that, uh, that you don't want to, you know, you don't want on your team there. And the seventh and final thing is this, is texting and online contact with teens. Uh, texting and contact, that's kind of an important thing. You want to make sure that you are, um, first of all, you probably should not be, okay? Uh, I know there's a tremendous amount of freedom. I would not go and be DMing people. Uh, I, look, I know there's contact. Any, everything's got to be public and above board. Uh, there's too much chaos going on with that that I really think youth workers need to be smarter uh, about this. And it doesn't matter whether you're younger or older, all youth workers need to be smarter about this, that we don't DM, that we don't have these long conversations. We learn to say if a young lady is in trouble, that I'm going to pass them to somebody. I don't care if it's the pastor's wife. I don't care if it's your wife. If you're single, give it to the pastor's wife. Give it to somebody who's going to be able to connect. But you can't help everybody. And, and texting or uh, any kind of online contact with that 
is no bueno. It's not going to work out. It's it's never it's never great. So um, there needs to be a policy about that, and let your young ladies know. You listen. I don't care if you post on my my Instagram. It's public. It's out there. Uh, but I can't exchange DMs with you. I can't exchange uh, texts with you. If you're a young lady that has a problem, uh, you need to get with one of our volunteers or get with my wife. And that just needs to be a thing. And there just needs to be a policy by which you do things. And once people get used to that, they'll get used to doing that. There'll be initial shock, and then you'll be able to to, to do those things. So, um, you know, once again, if somebody's asking, and once again, every policy has its, um, its room, right? I mean, if you go to a store and say, what's your policy? Look, people made those policies, and people can bend and, uh, and, you know, it's flexible in some sense because, look, if you say, well, you can't bring it back without your receipt. There's plenty of places I've gone. I've returned something, and I didn't have the receipt for it. So obviously the policy in that case was not that strong. It, what I'm saying is if you, if you have a young lady who texts you and says, hey, what time's the, you know, what time is the whatever, you can answer that back. I, I'm not saying – I'm just saying, you know, when you have ongoing – problems or situations that you don't, I, that maybe it's like, you're not the best person to solve this. You might want to go ahead and, and pass that off. Uh, but yeah, that's the seven. I think those are just seven policies you got to have to be able to um, function, your youth ministry function without the fear of saying, look, if something happens, do we have, do we have a, a process for this? And I think parents are going to be thrilled or happy uh, that you have a process in place. Uh, the worst thing is that a parent or something happens and somebody asks you, what's, what's the process? And you have no idea what that process is. Um, you know, uh, the thing about it, though, just to let you know, if, listen, if you write it down, you have to live by it, right? It becomes a document that can be debated or lawyered over. Uh, and once again, I would have a lawyer help you craft those things. But let me let me help you with this. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you a few websites that you might want to take a look at that I think will help you. Um, you know, the first thing is go to your denomination, whatever denomination you're in. Um, go ahead and go to whatever it is, right? If it's the, the Baptist or if it's whatever it is, go ahead and, and go to that and find out what, because a lot of them have policies on there. Uh, example, the Wesleyan Church. They have a great, and this is going to be in the show notes. All these links I'm going to give you are going to be in the show notes. All these things are going to be, you know, they have a, a whole thing of processes and policies for the denomination over the whole thing. You might want to find out what they what they think there. Uh, and you can borrow from that. If your denomination somehow does not have uh, policies and practices and standards and all those things, you can just borrow from them. Um, you know, and you want to make it public too. How public you make these things, if you put it on your website or whatever it is, that's once again, that's up to you and your church. But somehow people have to know what the process is and what the policies are for you doing what you're doing. They're not just random rules that you made up. There's reasons why we have these things. Um, and I know most people don't think about those things. Um, the second one I would give you is this, and you would say, Paul, this is uh, crazy, but listen, I, I, when I typed in youth ministry safety on Google, uh, the first thing that came up was 14 best practices for safety in youth ministry, and that was by the Unitarian Universalists. Now, listen, I don't, I don't agree with the Unitarians theologically, but listen, they want to keep kids safe. And I looked through all their, their little uh, things there, and they have a bunch of policies in there that are quite good, uh, that if you could borrow from some of those things, you might want to consider looking at those and say, well, how do I make camp safer? How do I make this sleepover safer? How do I make this event safer? It doesn't matter. If the rules are the rules, there's nothing theological to them. They're, everybody's, everybody's trying to cover themselves when they're making these up. They're, they're saying, look, there's why we practice these things is we don't want to get sued and we don't want to get drug into court. We don't want families hurt and we don't want these things. That's why we have them. Um, the third thing is, uh, is from 
uh, keeping your youth ministry fun and safe. And this is on the Orange blog. And once again, they have a bunch. They want, uh, you know, listen, we're not trying to, nobody's trying to suck the fun. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I was the absolute worst uh, of this. I was not a big fan of policies. I just want to have a good time. I just wanted to have fun. I wanted the kids to have fun. And as listen, I am just thankful and grateful that I made it through my years early on as a youth pastor because we tried all kinds of things, things that should never have been tried or done as a youth ministry. Packed too many kids on the bus, too many kids in the van. I look terrible, bad me. I know I'm a terrible person uh, and I shouldn't have done it. And if I was doing it today, I most certainly would not do it today. Uh, but that was the younger me, and that's how that works. But if you go to keeping, it's uh, theorangeblogs.org, and I'm going to put a link down in there. And it's about just uh, you know great policies in there. And the last one is this, and this is a, a great one too, because the insurance companies are the ones who are going to pay out for things. If there are injuries, if you're playing a game that is uh, pseudo uh, dangerous of any kind, then, you know, and somebody gets hurt, well, that could be a problem. Somebody's going to maybe want some money for that and want their lip, you know, sewed up. And the majority of times, I'm just telling you, the majority of times, if it's a kid in the church, then the kid in the church and the family going to go, oh, that kid, he got hurt. It was during a game. It wasn't super uh, unsafe. It just sort of happened. And everybody kind of agrees together and says, okay, look, that was just an accident. Now, if you're doing something crazy and wild, then that's going to be on you uh, because you didn't account for those risks. But if you go to Brotherhood Mutual, uh, they are an insurance company, a Christian insurance company, that they are, they have a tons of, of resources there on policies for things. If your church has insurance, go to the insurance website of the church and say, what are the policies for these things? And they will be happy to, uh, you can download a PDF, there's toolkits, there's all kinds of things, permission forms. If you're looking for all that stuff, all that stuff is there. So you can definitely uh, get the resources that you need from those places. So, But that is it for today, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for listening uh, and tuning in today and being a part. I hope that bringing these things to mind, I know it's still early in the summer, so if you're going to camp or events or things like that, you'll check out some of these resources. And if you don't have policies and practices in place, you'll start to create them so that you'll have a safe youth ministry. You'll have a a youth ministry that is operating within the guidelines, and you're you're keeping your kids safe. You're really thinking about your kids and your parents and your whole body of Christ there, the whole church. Uh, it says, look, I don't want something to happen because of something I did uh, to bring any... Uh, uh, besmirchment, uh, you know, upon the church or cast a shadow upon the church or upon the gospel because we weren't safe enough and we didn't do something that was, you know, important that we should have been following. Okay. So, but that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of the podcast today. I would love if you went over to the iTunes store, uh, would you leave me a review? These reviews, I have some great reviewers there and I have some great things that people said, but I need a few more to be honest with you because I want to be found in search and your review could push me over the level there. So if you'll go, uh, to the iTunes store, go to the uh, go to the site there. I'll link down in, down in the show notes below. You can go there and leave a review and some stars, and that would be fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Have a safe summer, guys. Have fun. <laughs>